I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We're sorry, the number you have dialed is not in service at this time. Hello. And welcome to the World Cricket Show, the world's favourite cricket show. My name is Adam Bayfield and I'll be your host for this evening's Larking About. And I'm absolutely thrilled to be able to say that I'm joined in the studio this week by none other than Tony Kerr. It's a great privilege to have you with us, Mr Kerr. It's very nice to be here, as always. It wasn't easy to book you. Getting hold of your agent is in itself quite difficult. I know, I was going to, I thought, you know, I'd do it from another studio hundreds of miles away. But now I've flown in for the night, flown in just for the occasion. We laid on a jet for you. <laughs> yeah. How are you doing, Adam? I'm doing good, Tom. We were uh, we were supposed to be playing cricket tonight, weren't we? How we haven't played cricket for five, six years? I don't think Doesn't I've start, bowled I mean, in the middle for five years. Yeah. No. Uh, no, but it didn't happen. It wasn't to be. It rained. Yeah, it's been absolutely lashing it down with rain in Guernsey today. And uh, this cricket match that we had set up for the evening, uh, meant to be the season opener. Yeah, like it didn't happen, but it, it didn't happen in an annoying way whereby <laughs> yeah. the, the rain stopped. So we had to go down to the ground and there was a big pitch inspection. Months of preparation leading up, you know, getting your body right just for that first day, for that first session. It's more the mental thing Ooh, for me. downhill. It's, you've got to get in the right frame of mind. And I've been, you know, over the since about Saturday morning, I've been just mentally preparing myself for this first game of the season. And it's a real disappointment when it doesn't happen. Well, we've basically, we've signed up to play for a, a team in the Guernsey Evening League this season. Well, I say we've signed up. You kind of signed me up. Uh, I'm not sure I've ever... In fact, I think you probably did forge my signature. I literally the, did because uh, you're away. Yeah. <laughs> on, the, on the entrance form because I, 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 I didn't see one of those. Yeah, uh, it's the, the illustrious Kobo Legends. Yeah, it's funny that because the, the team, like Kobo is a, is a place in Guernsey and there's a... It's a very nice a, place a in Guernsey. It's about, I think it's actually, you know, of the Guernsey cricket clubs, probably the most cool. And we're playing for the, the Legends team, Kobo Legends. This would have been my first ever game in a Kobo shirt. And <laughs> I've, I've never played for Kobo before in my life and I've gone straight into the Legends team i mean well it begs the question where do you go from there really? <laughs> i mean is it saying you know legends as in legends of kobo or is it just <laughs> playing for kobo who are legends like kobo legends like as in well-known faces at the, the kobo pubs and boozers <laughs> and like yeah, kobo nightclubs and having said you know saying it would be my first game in a kobo shirt the shirt that i've been given <laughs> to play in uh, is, is a double xl which as you know is about three sizes too small for me yeah uh, you, are, I mean, you are vast but what's quite funny is yeah we got given a range of kit uh you got a yeah, double xl shirt but then you got i think just a large yeah it's like sleeveless sweater the shirt is the shirt is double xl the, the sweater is l this shirt is just i mean you could, you could fit another human being in here with me i think but then the jumper's gotta go over the top it's way too small so i'm sort of the shoulders around. are huge you basically you look like an american football player really uh, it's like if dynasty did cricket you know i put the kit on and as we were just stood around you were just laughing <laughs> you're just laughing at me in front of my new teammates you did look ridiculous it's, i think yeah yeah, it was cooled off because of the rain. I get the feeling that you weren't too gutted about that as we were driving there. You were sort of looking out the window, seeing the clouds building once again after a, a brief break in the rain and going, oh, come on, come on. 
Well, the thing is, I was like critically under, you know, critically under equipped. You caught me up asking to borrow a pair of wife friends, yeah, which is the, not the a conversation yeah. that you really want to be having at any point. Yeah, I've certainly got concerns about playing cricket again because, as you say, I don't think I've played cricket for five years. You I don't even know who we were playing tonight. <laughs> I've got no idea. But I wonder, you know, would we have got into the composite eleven? <laughs> anyway, right, we'll do a series preview next week of the evening league division three or whatever it is. Well, as you know, Tone, I've as long time listeners know as well, I've recently had major knee surgery. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, I've definitely got concerns that I might be quite slow in the outfield these days. And I was not the quickest before. I'd recommend you don't come in off a big run-up when you're bowling, because it could take you some time to reach the crease. Also, the team is captained by our old school coach. He was one of our teachers at school. And instantly, when we got there tonight, I just felt like I was at school again. Uh, But he presumably still thinks of us as being the players that we were when we were at school. So he's going to toss me the ball, expecting me to run up and bowl a really steady line and length. And he is not going to get it. He is not going to get that because I've not bowled out in the middle for years. It, it, it did make me laugh because the age range of the team is probably spans about 65 years. There was, what, I don't know, there's a kid there. He was probably in, in about 11, He was yeah. literally half my height. He was, he, yeah, I don't know how old and he you're was. you're only then. about five foot four. So. And there was an old, yeah, there's an old gentleman who I'd not met before. So it'll be interesting to see how it develops, the team spirit. But I know that I'll end up batting with this kid and running him out or something. It sounds like there's a film in this, doesn't it? You know, that this team's been cobbled <laughs> together. Yeah. Not a very good film at all. <laughs> yeah. but, but, you know, we'll... Sex Lives of the Potato Men. <laughs> it's going to be absolutely nothing like Sex Lives of the Potato Men. But, uh, but yeah, we'll keep you updated on, uh, on our progress as the season goes on. But what's coming up this week? IPL is happening, Tone. IPL is happening. So we'll be getting our teeth into that a bit later on. Uh, but first, we're going to be answering some of your questions on our wildly popular item, Got a Question. And we will be joined for that by London correspondent Gordon McRae, assuming that he hasn't forgotten about it, assuming he's not too busy <laughs> eating lasagna or something, you know, reading Cormac McCarthy, something like that. Time now for Got a Question. Here's the jingle. On this item, we answer questions that are sent in to us from listeners. We've been joined for this uh, on the phone by London correspondent Gordon McRae. How's it going, Gordon? It's good, Adam. How are you? Yeah, very well, thanks. I'm pleased you asked. What's the chat? What's the London chat? Um, pretty sort of. I was working from home today. Always weird when you do that. It's staff for company. I went to the went to the corner shop three times. <laughs> <laughs> three separate items that I didn't really need. Did, so, do you actually play cricket today? No, it was rained off, as we were talking about earlier. Haven't played cricket for four years, but I'm sure I still got it. But you guys have played in the nets and stuff. Well, well, twice, bit, maybe yeah. maximum. Over the, <laughs> last... Over the last five years, maybe. Six the way you times. made it out was like you've been there. You were down there every Tuesday night. <laughs> when did I make that out? I swear, whenever I spoke to you, like, oh, mate, just stuff down the nets. We should organise a net session when you were back. All of your anecdotes for the last McCray, year. McRae, how many years have you known me? I, I'm all chat. It's just all chat. <laughs> <laughs> There's no substance to anything that I say. Well, no, I probably spoke to you one time when I just had a net. But, yeah, but also uh, when I was back in the summer, you were like, oh, we should we should have a net. So that's yeah. maybe where I've got the idea yeah, from. We should have had a net in the summer, but we, we crucially, we didn't. Yeah, that was that was where that plan fell. <laughs> I had a listen to your podcast today, oh, last yeah. week's one. 
going to ask you about Florida, but you've said every anecdote <laughs> you could possibly tell me about it on the, on the show. I was going to ask you because uh, Kerr's being very tight-lipped about it, about uh, what happened when you were back in Guernsey recently. Right, well, can, before we go on to that, before we go on, and, uh, and that, that is a good chat, I wanted to revert back to something else you mentioned last week on okay, the show, okay. which was the freeze-dried ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> on listening to the show, you try and pass off like you've never brought that back <laughs> it's but so true I specifically I th- remember three or four times from the age of seven to twelve you would go you would go away and bring back that freeze-dried ice cream the freeze-dried strawberries one like, one oh, time oh, this oh. happened at least one but i think you brought enough back that it was hanging around your house for a good yeah. like five yeah, or ten years i was like I, was... I, I literally i think i went <laughs> i went thoughts. when i was about 12 I, I just could not believe it i couldn't believe that this <laughs> thing existed and i think i bought about 18 packets of the strawberries and 18 packets of the ice cream and I just had it in my house for about 10 years. That's probably where I'm getting confused then. It was just always around. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a real like, fixture. It's a real fixture in our childhoods. Just having freeze-dried ice cream. Around. But that's kind of why I brought some back for care, because I thought, you know, it'd be a, a real kind of nostalgic thing as well. I enjoyed it. Right. It, it wasn't that great, though. The strawberries were okay. The ice cream was just a bit weird. It's just but not, everyone... it's actually not very enjoyable. It's much nicer everyone... ice cream when it's actually cold. Yeah. Everyone at school, though, just went mental for it. You were... You you were that kid who went to space camp and like, oh yeah, I've got ice cream. In my memory, you really dined out on that fact. Well, I think school. I kind of did actually. I gave a talk at school that was about yeah. space and I think I handed out some freeze-dried strawberries. Yeah, you set a precedent with that because you got full marks for that and then everyone after that had to get full marks. And so everyone was trying to bring in freeze-dried <laughs> strawberries. Yeah. So I, was, I was doing a good trade in uh, black market freeze-dried <laughs> strawberries to people. Um, they'd just be doing a talk on like otters or something and they'd just go, and now I'm going to hand out some freeze-dried strawberries. <laughs> <laughs> Full marks. Um, should we right, talk should about we, some cricket? Out. We got a question this week from Benjamin who asks, does fast bowling have a future? Interesting question, I think. I don't know about you two, but for me, fast bowling might well be the the best thing about cricket. I don't, I don't know if there's a more exhilarating sight in the game than uh, someone like Curtly Ambrose running into bowl or Dennis Lilly or Alan Donald or someone like that. They're seeing the stumps doing cartwheels. Many of cricket's great stories are uh, to do with fast bowling, aren't they? You know, the, the West Indians of the of the 80s, the whispering death of Michael Holding, you know, the reverse swing of Wasim and Wakar, all the way up to more recent times like England's uh, 2005 Ashes Quartet or uh, Dale Steyn against Sachin Tendulkar. You know, these are the, the stories that sort of resonate down the years, aren't they? But there are some who would argue, as Benjamin is implying with his question here, that the fast bowler is an endangered species. You know, that the 80s and 90s were dominated by fast bowlers, but that since then, it's been the batsmen that have been the ones doing the dominating. So, Tony, I'll come to you first. Are we witnesses to the the death of fast bowling? Well, if we are, then I think we're, you know, we're pretty culpable and we should be punished because <laughs> <laughs> someone's got to do something about it. You know? What are you talking about? Well, no, if, we are, if we're witnessing the death and not doing anything about it... Then, well, like well, the panda. Can, yeah, we're as bad as the yeah. people. <laughs> how can you do something about it? Well, by awareness. Lobbying, lobbying, it's all lobbying, awareness. Exactly. Set up a couple of committees. Bringing out the range of t-shirts about fast bowling. <laughs> wristbands. Right, there you go. Yeah, That's what we need. Wristbands. Ball fast. Because I think we have made poverty history now, haven't we? Some sort of viral video campaign as well. <laughs> yeah. This is cutting um, edge satire, is, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, this is just... When I say we, I do, of course, mean the authorities. Yeah, no, they shouldn't, they shouldn't be allowing this to happen. But I actually think last few 
years, whilst, well, this year anyway, batsmen have been under big pressure, haven't they? No one's really succeeded in a big way. Someone's made sure the wickets are, are more even between bat and ball, for one. Uh, and yeah, there, are some, there are some good fast bowlers around now, you know. Single-handedly, Vernon Philander maybe has ignited by millions of kids to you know, a passion for fast bowling. And you, you look at leading wicket takers in the last couple of years, Anderson, Stain, there are some, there are some, good, there are some good bowlers. It's not like there are no good bowlers. I don't think you could argue that th- that it wasn't the case that a couple of years ago fast bowling seemed to be in decline. But Gordon, do you think that's to do with was it just the fact that there was a kind of missing generation of fast bowlers, just a kind of blip, or was it down to the fact that pitches had gotten so much flatter, or was there something more fundamental going on? Well, presumably his angle for the question is that the that fast bowlers bowlers are getting streamed off by the IPL and are just playing the shorter form of the game. But I, I don't know, I disagree because I think with anything like fast bowling and good batsmen the whole thing is cyclical the fast bowlers that you mentioned from the 90s they sort of tailed off as as the sort of as we as we neared 99 2000 and then there was <laughs> 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 you mean literally because they got oh me as the 99 i'm pretty sure it's something to do with y2k that's why, why that, why that, that was happened. yeah everyone thought that y2k had, had no effect they thought it was all they, like a complete dumb screen but actually little did they know we are hitting <laughs> hard know. with the satire tonight aren't we real topical humor <laughs> can... okay well don't don't use those years as specific examples but yeah the whole thing comes in cycles doesn't it i think we're in a bit of a lean period for fast bowlers at the moment but I don't think you can say that fast bowlers are, are a dying breed. There's definitely two issues that have kind of developed over the past 10 years, uh, you know, since the 90s, which is 12 years, isn't it? <laughs> um, uh, which have had a, a negative impact on, on fast bowling. And one is the problem of player burnout and the other is the rise of 2020. You know, those two problems go hand in hand. You know, if I was writing a university essay about this, I'd probably use the word intertwining uh, <laughs> because there, there have been quite a few fast bowlers, I think, in, in the noughties, there were quite a few fast bowlers that did come through that looked like they had the potential to sort of join the ranks of of the greats of the Ambroses and the Walshers but they were undone by constantly getting injured you know I'm thinking people like Shane Bond Simon Jones was, Andrew Flintoff that wasn't that wasn't workload that, well that wasn't IPL related workload, it's not IPL it? related but, but it was it's definitely true that there's far more international cricket in the noughties and in this decade than there was in the 80s and the 90s um, I mean even West Indies I think played, played something like 30 more test matches in the noughties than they did in the 80s and West Indies play comparatively few tests compared to England or Australia there, there is that kind of relentless treadmill of international cricket that has caused player fatigue to increase and the thing now is that with the rise of 2020 you you know any young fast bowlers that are coming through that are having this problem with with burnout do have the option to just completely forsake test cricket altogether and just play 2020 and they can earn more money by doing that you know by just having to bowl four overs a day rather than 24 overs a day um and and you have seen players like Lasith Malinga and Sean Tate decide to take that option and the thing about the the relentless schedule as well is that it, it it does have a much larger effect on fast bowlers than on any other type of player because you know the human body simply isn't designed to bowl quick is it you know that action just isn't particularly conducive to not getting injured and if you're having to do that all the time at the kind of elite level in that intensity of, of international cricket then then players are going to break down and they have broken down so yeah it did, all of that did conspire to mean that uh, a few years ago there were hardly any fast bowlers around of note you know you'd see, you'd see names like Darren Powell Saj Mahmood guys that just wouldn't have been anywhere near international teams a couple of decades ago you know Michael Holding would have been turning in his grave at that point if he was dead um, <laughs> but do you think as Tony was implying Gordon that maybe there is a bit of a revival going on is is that are we coming out the other end of the cycle now a fast bowlers returning was I, is fast bowling dead or is it just in a coma 
pithy. Thanks. Um, what you're saying about pitches being tailored to get a result inside four days has, has probably got a lot to do with the numbers being skewed slightly to make it seem like there is a resurgence in fast bowlers. I'm not. I wouldn't say that there's been a, a definite improvement or that there's some sort of golden generation around the world coming through. But it think- is really hard to know, isn't it? Because would Marshall, Garner, Holding, and uh, Roberts have taken the wickets that they took on some of the pitches that their um, successors had to bowl on? in the last decade and equally yeah would is it the case now that fast bowlers are taking more wickets in the past year or so is that because pitches have improved or are they just better i, I don't know uh, the answer i think question. i know i think it is pitches and it is a critical part of the story isn't it because anyone who's doing excelling in their kind of their discipline is doing very well over a long period of time immediately looks like a very good player uh, even though yeah they may not be much better than what's come before them I think there are definitely some very exciting fast bowlers coming through though I'm much more excited about the fast bowlers that are on the scene now than I was about the ones that were on the scene even two years ago in the calendar year of 2011 no fewer than five fast bowlers took five wicket hauls on debut Vernon Philander James Pattinson uh, Pat Cummins Michonne Delanger and Doug Bracewell in addition to that, you've got people like Finn, Broad, Morkel, Roach, Umesh Yadav. Those guys together form the future of fast bowling. And yeah, I think that, just, that's quite encouraging. There's some very exciting prospects there. Yeah, and taking England like England alone, the fact that there's four, five, six players, seven players, eight players, like fast bowlers, who all got a very good shout of being in the team. And if they're not picked, have cause to be pretty disappointed. That's not the, That's not what was going on four, five, six, seven years ago. <laughs> when uh, yeah, when the players that came in were they went setting the world alight. Yeah, and again it's really hard to know whether that's pitches or just that they're better, but it's certainly true that there are a lot of fast bowlers around at the moment. The question is whether all these guys can stay fit. The the thing about burnout has not gone away. If anything it's getting worse. And already you've seen Cummins and Pattinson, you know, their careers have, have been disrupted by injury even in the first six months. Cummins played one test and hasn't played another one since. That, that remains the big issue. They do have that option to just play 2020 cricket, which wasn't there before. And long term, we don't know you know, what impact that's going to have. But then long term, we don't know whether test cricket is going to survive at all. So Don't know anything to be long term. Um, I just want to interject there. I barely heard any of that. Um, but... <laughs> well, you made some really reasonable comments then, given that you couldn't hear what we were saying. It was very, gl- it was very glitchy at the end, hence no, nothing, nothing said. Yeah, no worries. Can... Got another question. This comes from Matt on Twitter. He says, I've got a simple question. Who's going to win the Ashes? Tony, I'll come to you first. Your options are England and Australia, remember? England will win the Ashes, slash retain them. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the classic uh, England cricket fans only caring about the Ashes, because they are... Yeah, isn't it, it's miles away, It's right? 15 months away, yeah. <laughs> the question is probably more about, at this point, who seems to be you know better placed. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't think we'd even be talking about it eight to 18 months ago when Australia looked out of it <laughs> yeah, and just looked, looked like they weren't ever going to be a force at all. It seemed a pretty foregone conclusion, didn't it? But it uh, that's not so much the case anymore. Um, what about you, Gordon? Do you think England still have the measure of Australia or have you been sufficiently impressed with their resurgence that you think they could uh, they could yet come to England and get a result? It's difficult to judge this far out though, isn't it? Because the Australia, the Australia side is presumably, you could probably name eight or nine of the players that you reckon would play in 15 months time but i'm not sure you could do the same with the england side really um, i'd have this... said the other way around why, why why would you say that about england who do you think's in jeopardy i'm not i don't think strauss will still be there in 15 months interesting um i'm not sure peterson will be either 
Wow. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is all controversial and you're providing no evidence to support these claims. Don't need to, they do. I can just, just, just throw out lines like this. And... To be fair, you're not in the studio, so I can't give you a stern look like I do no. Tony. You know, um, England. Did you feel my stern lick down the uh, I felt I felt I couldn't really go on with that line. If you asked me any more questions, I would crumble. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think uh, I definitely think Australia, as Tony was uh, implying, there are in a much stronger position than anyone dreamed possible a year ago, and they've they've certainly got a much more impressive-looking bowling attack than they did um, during the last Ashes. But as we've alluded to earlier, you know, given the rate at which some of those bowlers are dropping with injuries, it does remain to be seen how many of them will make it yeah and, and as you say Gordon it's, it's kind of a ridiculous thing to be trying to predict it this far away it's a very dangerous game to be playing because there's all kinds of questions that need to be answered before you can start making those predictions like will England's batsmen bounce back after their torrid winter will Australia's openers settle into test cricket will Ricky Ponting make it will Mike Hussey make it will Andrew Strauss make it all questions that need answering but I'm also going for England Shocker. Three yeah. English podcast hosts in predicting England to win Ashes. Shocker. It's a non story, isn't it? Uh, right. What, right. Have got, what have we got left, Bath? Let's go on with Let's it because uh, by all accounts, this Bayern match is turning into a classic. <laughs> right. Okay. All right. What well, cheers, McRae? 2 1 to Rail. Oh, unbelievable. I'm going down. Right. <laughs> okay. Go and watch the football, McRae. Enjoy. <laughs> I'll see you later. Hey, Tony, it's me, Adam, you know, the guy that you do the podcast with. <laughs> yeah. I've got a bit of news for you, and the listeners are going to go absolutely bonkers for this. I'm sure they are. They're going to go bananas. We're running a brand new World Cricket Show competition. No. You know we are. Oh, right. Cool. <laughs> it's really quite a long time since we last did a competition on this show. Well over a We've year. We've built up a real backlog of crap which we need to give away. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got a whole load of what I can only describe as World Cricket Show tat <laughs> to give away. <laughs> yeah, there'll probably be some keychains and stuff like that as part of the prize. But the main element of the prize is uh, a DVD. Is it? Yeah. Of uh, which you're paying for, <laughs> of uh, Fire in Babylon, the uh, the documentary not the, about not the old well worn coffee that you've got. <laughs> no, <laughs> if there's no cellophane on the box when uh, when you get it, well, it's no, probably it's a... the copy that I have. <laughs> um, it's the uh, it's the documentary about the West Indies team of the 1980s, and it's very good as I can uh, as I can attest to. So that, I mean, immediately people are well excited. They're getting their pens and paper out. How do we uh, how do we win this stuff? You might remember last week. That we were discussing the uh, the hilarious concept of a uh, of a cricket based theme park, and uh, and Tony had the bright idea. Why don't we open that out to make it a uh, a competition? So uh, so what we're asking you for is uh, is your your ride to go in our cricket theme park. Now we came up with some absolute gold last week, didn't we? Kevin Peterson's House of Horrors. Ian Bell's House of Horrors, Tony Kerr's House of Horrors. The English Summer Rapids. I've had a little think this week. I've come up with a, a couple more. I've got a couple so more. See it? what you think about this. It's a, it's a ride based on Sachin Tendulkar's 100th Hundred <laughs> called the Tower of Tedium, riffing on the, uh, the Tower of Terror at Disney's Hollywood Studios. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. 
Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. You, know, you spend absolutely ages waiting for the, the drop to come, and then when it does, it's you know slightly underwhelming. <laughs> Both of them's commentary sidewinder. You know, it comes down on one side, then it comes down on the other. That's good. Obviously, you know, the, <laughs> the selection merry-go-round, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, clear. You'd have Giles, you know, a figure of Giles Clark just <laughs> stood looking over the merry-go-round the whole time as it goes around. And I thought there might also be some scope for some, you know, some movie tie-ins at this park. Well, like a Hollywood studios. Yeah, kind of. But then kind I, Sky Sports is, I thought studios. this and I was like, oh yeah, we can have some movie tie-ins. I came up with one. My brain got as far as one. <laughs> <laughs> The Lander Before Time. Now, nobody's th- even thought about The Land Before Time for about 17 years, but, you know. <laughs> Pretty good. And, I mean, that's, that's really uh, tapping into the zeitgeist, isn't it? The tickets will not be hard to sell. We're very much ride. living in the Werner Flander decade. I, think, <laughs> I feel that we are. Yeah, what, maybe this is the IPL, the IPL roller coaster? I don't know what you've, I haven't got a name for it yet. All I know is it goes on too long. <laughs> that's not bad. That's good, yeah. But we could also have one that's like a disused, like scrapped roller coaster in the corner, which we call the Champions Trophy. <laughs> no one went on that. So we got rid of it. <laughs> that would cost a surprising <laughs> amount of money to install a disused roller coaster. It would be more of an art installation, you know. <laughs> I'm just picturing people like queuing outside. <laughs> yeah. I was going, no. 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 There you that's get been the scrapped, that. That's been removed from the schedule. So, yeah, why not come up with your own idea for a ride? You can come up with more than one if you like. Uh, send it in via our Facebook, via our email, via our Twitter. So that's facebook.com slash cricket show, twitter.com slash cricket show, and worldcricketshow at gmail.com. you got three weeks to do it until Wednesday the 16th of May. We'll decide which one we, we find you know the most amusing, the most Literally interesting, amusing. the best. And we'll pick a winner. So this is your chance to join a very exclusive club of World Cricket Show competition winners. I think there are three at the moment. There'll be a fourth one. As I understand it, they have like an annual dinner or something yeah. where they all get together. There's an honours board. Did you have a good weekend, T-Bone? Uh, yeah, excellent weekend, thanks. Did you get up too much? <laughs> the usual. We went to a uh, we went to a party, didn't we? We went to an engagement party for a couple of our our close friends uh, that involved dressing up. Not not dressing up <laughs> yeah. like in fancy dress, Dre- you know, dressing up in uh, in suits. You turned out. It looked like you looked like you'd worked like an eighty hour week. <laughs> and you were just like you're tired, being just like hauled off your neck. That's the, <laughs> that's the character that I play when I when I have to go to anything in a suit, top button undone, you know, shirt a bit scruffy. I mean, the reference point and it's a spitting image. Really, is Gil, isn't it, from the Simpsons? Gil from the Simpsons. Yeah, <laughs> if anyone knows that reference, is Gil is the the guy, the sort of used car salesman that's going. Come Man, Gil, hello. I need this one. And that's but what's funny about that is that now, like if anyone says if anyone, you know, makes reference to it, I say, Yeah, I've come as Gil again. But initially <laughs> again, yeah. initially, you know, the first time that that, that happened, I, I had no intention of coming as Gil. That was just the way I looked. I was stood uh, talking to someone at the party and I looked across the other side of the room. There were loads of people in the way. And you were chatting to someone. You both kind of looked over at me, and then I saw you kind of fiddle with your top button and like pull your tie across. And then you both just burst out <laughs> laughing and then looked at me again. And I was like, "Oh yeah, he's definitely making some guild joke yeah. there." It does just look <laughs> like to make fun of. it does look like I've just worked in ninety hours. <laughs> so, there's, so there's that. There You've had you, a really tough week. So there was there was that you laughing at me dressed as Gil, and then you laughing at me in this cricket outfit. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, whatever not, I wear yeah. these days, you just this, in fits of laughter. <laughs> My PL 
On this item, we talk about the IPL. So what are we now, three weeks into the IPL? Which I think means we're about 125th of the way through the tournament. Just scratching the surface. I thought maybe we could uh, we could start this item by uh, by taking a, a brief look at the points table. Um, well, this is annoying. Now, this is, this is annoying for me because last time when we were due to talk about it. Yeah, and I wouldn't let you. And you wouldn't let me. Rajasthan were sitting pretty you know, towards the top of the table. Sitting, s- you might say sitting pretty zinta. You might, we were sitting zinter at the top of the table, <laughs> but we slipped back into the pack now a bit. And when I say the pack, I mean pretty much all of the table except for yourselves. The Kings <laughs> Eleven and Deccan are separated by two points. It's pretty bunched, isn't it? Delhi Daredevils at the top of the table, they've got 10 points. Kolkata Knight Riders, Chennai Super Kings and Royal Challengers Bangalore are all tied on nine points each after a no result between uh, Chennai and Bangalore today. Uh, and then from Rajasthan in fifth down to Mumbai in seventh, uh, they've all got eight points. And Kings 11 have six. And Deccan Chargers are cut adrift at the bottom on one point. So yeah, with with the exception of Deccan, everyone's still very much in with a shout, which is very much how the IPL goes, isn't it? Is is yeah, nothing's decided <laughs> until you know everyone beats each other until the very end, and then it's a bit of a lottery to see who gets in the top four. So that's the points table. The big headlines up till now. Uh, as I say, the Daredevils have got a little bit of daylight at the top after winning five of their opening seven games. They had a dreadful IPL last year, but they appear to have turned things around this season. Long way to go, of course. They could lose a couple of matches in a row and be right back down in the pack again. Uh, But they've looked quite impressive so far. Perhaps one reason for that has been the addition of Kevin Peterson, who has been pretty brilliant thus far. He struck a match-winning unbeaten 100 against the Deccan Chargers last Thursday, uh, and he's averaging more than 70 overall, which is the best of anyone in the competition. Speaking of the Chargers, they've been abject so far. They've played six, they've lost five, and they've had one no result. Um, So yeah, they're probably the only team that look to be out of the running at this stage. What about our teams? How are they getting on? Tony's a supporter of the Rajasthan Royals, and I'm a supporter of the Kings 11 Punjab. We, of course, drew those teams out of a hat (laughs) to ourselves two years ago. Subjected ourselves to... This is our third year of punishment. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, and it could go on. I mean, Rajasthan have been very good, actually, so far, more or less. I mean, they've won 50% of their games, as tends to happen in the 2024 format. <laughs> because 2020 is everyone, everyone, everybody. 50-50. <laughs> Just imagining someone listening to this on a bus or something. Yeah. <laughs> showing out 50-50. Okay, like, 50-50. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's been some real outstanding performances from Rahane Shah. Well, you but, had a fantastic start, didn't you? Yeah, uh, yeah I mean, it's, we've lost the last couple. Two defeats which is in a, bit a row, yeah. Disappointing. Which does mean that now, after you've been uh, uh, laughing at me these last couple of weeks, laughing at me for my clothes, but also for the uh, the fortunes of the Kings Eleven, currently only two points separate the Kings <laughs> yeah. Eleven from the Royals, uh, which is one victory. So neither side having a particularly bad time, but neither side having a particularly good time either you get the feeling it's quite difficult to talk about the IPL mid-season isn't it because you do kind of have to wait till the end before you can make real judgments on anything principally on how you know the teams are getting on it's, it's very hard to predict who's going to be in that top four um, but I have been impressed with the daredevils from what I've seen of them yeah I mean Morkel's taken a lot of wickets and he's by distance the leading wicket taker I think he's got 16 so far and uh, yeah and with you know Peterson and Sewag getting a lot of runs they're pretty sharp at both ends aren't they You've mentioned some individuals there. Have any other players caught your eye this season? Gale, again. Gale is just phenomenal, isn't he? I think he's got three half centuries so far. Uh, he has, it? indeed. He smashed 19 sixes, which is many more than the next. Uh, only sort of Peterson and Shah are getting close to that, really. Duplessis as well has batted pretty well. Yeah, he's, I think, the uh, the second highest run scorer in the tournament. Um, not someone that you'd necessarily associate with being good, 
Um, <laughs> but he's uh, but he's having a, a fantastic tournament so far. Um, of the bowlers, as you say, Morkel is the leading wicket taker. But then two, three, and four on the list are all West Indian: Kyron Pollard, Sunil Narayan, and Kavon Cooper, who of course plays for the Rajasthan Royals. Of course. Um, the leading run scorer ahead of Duplessis is Ajinka Rahani um, of the Royals. What have you made of him so far? Is he the new Michael Lum? Is he uh, is he your new idol? He's certainly something. You know, he's got, he's got I was going to say, a big 100. He's he made 103. Any 100 is a big 100 in 2020, isn't it? So that was a pretty remarkable innings. And yeah, I think Rajasthan kind of defined the odds when we looked at their team at the start of the, the tournament. There was a you know there was kind of an air of disappointment, an air of desperation. Particularly after the player auction, that was a bit of a, that was a bit of a downer. But hey, someone's doing something right. Well, are they though? Because I mean, you have slipped back down. Well, yeah, but you know, everyone has a blip. Owe Shah has been really very impressive for the Royals. He's made 278 runs so far with three half centuries. Are the Shah for England banners being stitched as we speak? Probably not, I'd say. I don't know. I can't see him getting a, getting a gig. You don't think the selectors would go back to him? I don't think they need to, do they? Well, maybe in the 2020 side. I mean, there is potentially an opening in the in the top order in that team. For the 2010 World 2020, Michael Lum made a, you know, was, was picked very late in the day after a good IPL, which does suggest that the selectors do take it into account. I mean, we've talked a lot before about the difficulty of, of using the IPL as any kind of guideline for international cricket because it is a a much lower standard of play. But, you know, if Shah does continue to have a good tournament, it might be difficult to ignore him. I suppose the only thing against him in that sense would be that whereas the 2010 World 2010 was played right after the IPL, there's quite a long time for Shah to um, lose form between now and September when the tournament actually is this year. And he probably will. There was an article in The Telegraph this week that uh, was sort of talking about the IPL as a whole and sort of saying there's no need to uh, to think that the IPL and Test Cricket can't exist together. And, 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 and it mentioned three players as being examples of people that had come from the IPL, had success in the IPL, and then got on to have success in Test Cricket. And the three players that were mentioned were Sean Marsh, Pragyan Orja, and Subramaniam Badranath. And I found myself thinking... Have they had success in <laughs> Test cricket? Yeah, I mean, it's defined the success, really. There are cases, aren't there? Ravi Chandran Ashwin would be one notable example, although even then he's still got a lot to prove in Test cricket, but he's had a good start. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know whether it is a, an enormously useful... Yeah, I think it is still early days, isn't it, for the for the IPL? You know, it's only it's only IPL 5. You know, when it started, the players who were who were, who were drafted in and you know, bought in in the initial auction, they are all of a certain age, and it was, it was the best players that were available now. So it's going to take a while for young players to come through as uh, with the IPL as their first kind of port of call. So yeah, I don't know if uh, I don't know if Shah has, has done enough in this tournament. It's, he suffers from the fact also that, you know, the IPL doesn't necessarily have the biggest space in the in the you know the kind of British press and British media really. So he's he's fighting a losing battle. Most people wouldn't have noticed what he's done. Uh, and anyone who has done will have forgotten it by the time by the time the next World Twenty Twenty comes Yeah, around. they definitely would have forgotten it. The side notes now on which we discuss some of the more offbeat stories of the cricketing week. Got an article here from BBC News. Cheerleading goes native in India. This is, uh, this is related to the IPL, about which we've just been talking, as well you know, as well you might remember. They continue to entertain the crowds at Indian Premier League matches, but Western-style miniskirts and lewd dance moves have been shelved by the team's cheerleaders. Two teams, the high-profile Kolkata Knight Riders 
and the Pune Warriors have opted for inoffensive saris and less suggestive Indian-style choreography. Much like Lalit Modi, the former commissioner of the IPL who oversaw the league's first three seasons and was subsequently removed amid allegations of corruption and nepotism, cheerleaders in hot pants have seemingly become a little too hot to handle. This is part of the effort to de-glamorise the IPL since the exit of Mr Modi, says a senior official of Hanma MSL Communications, speaking on behalf of the CEO of Kolkata Knight Riders. The priority is on cricket. It is also true that cheerleaders are often the soft target of the moral police in India, the official said. This year, KKR have seen its cheerleaders dressed in garish purple and gold saris dancing in rhythm with local drummers to the team anthem and Bollywood film music. The KKR management has also employed only local girls as cheerleaders in the current IPL instead of using fair-skinned foreigners, the norm since the inaugural IPL in 2008. What did you make of that saying? You've never had a problem with the cheerleaders, have you? No, not strictly speaking. Uh, no, I mean, it can get a bit tedious uh, when you're watching televised cricket that every time a boundary is scored is the, the obligatory cut to the cheerleaders just leaping about. Just uh, Visually, it's a bit tedious. Well, cheerleading in general, I think, is pretty boring. I mean, I, I, I don't really understand the concept <laughs> no, of it. I don't really but not- also, there's something incredibly depressing about it when they're when they're cheerleading in a in an empty or almost empty stadium, which does happen sometimes. I do. I just think some of the presentation, yeah, of of the, these kind of events is kind of a bit lacking in imagination. I don't know. You get the feeling it's some old codger or or Lalit Modi or whoever. <laughs> You know, when they're coming up with what's you know what's going to happen, they're like, yeah, we'll be cheerleaders, there'll be some music, you know, when there's a boundary scored, uh, cheerleaders, uh, you know, and then yeah, it is a bit unimaginative, isn't it? Um, and there is something slightly uncomfortable when you think about it with the fact that you know that they have shipped in a load of American. Yeah, guys. I didn't. Yeah, I can see cheerleading. Presumably, America is the you know they are the the champions of cheerleading. If you like, so if you want the best in the world, if you want some cheerleaders and you want some good ones, you're gonna go to. No, I don't mean I don't mean looking. Yeah, I mean literally as an art. If you like, bring in the best, but again, it's a bit no, I distasteful. mean, I, I, apologies to any of our listeners who might be cheerleaders. I'm sure that we're massive in the cheerleading community. You say, oh, they must be the best in the world. Is it that hard? Would be my question. Because what are they actually doing? They're just just dancing. Well, I don't know. I think when you see like proper cheerleading troops, you know, in like, like NFL or something, you know, they are pretty good. Oh yeah, when they've they're got doing really, like, like yeah, huge acrobatics, like, yeah, choreographed routines. Exactly. They're all standing on each other's shoulders. But, but that's I, not the case. Yeah, I'm, with agree, this. I'm in agreement with you that essentially what they have is about you know like a two by four yard platform and they just hop on it and just start they jumping shake, about. Just shake their pom poms. Yeah, yeah. Like you said, that's not. We could do that. <laughs> I really hope we're never in a situation where we have to do that. I might suggest it next year. Um, one more article for you comes from Crick Info. MS Dhoni to share his fitness secrets. Mahendra Singh Dhoni, the India captain, will soon be launching a chain of gymnasiums across the country. Dhoni has started a company called Sports Fit World PVT Limited, which has plans to open 200 gyms over the next five years. Aaron Pandey, Dhoni's manager, said the first four of these gyms, to be called Sports Fit, should open within the next eight weeks. Pankaj Guliani, the company's chief executive, said the gyms will focus on performance-based fitness. As wicketkeeper and batsman, Dhoni does a minimum of 540 squats in one day of a test match, he said. So our entire objective is to set new standards of fitness among Indians. I can see how one follows on from the other. <laughs> the first sports fit gym will open in Gurgaon, spread across two... <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that's how you pronounce it. Spread across 25,000 square feet. It will be followed by gyms in Delhi, Chandigarh and Faridabad. Guliani said SportsFit intends to be, quote, the country's most ambitious fitness brand. 
I like the idea of something being the most ambitious, not the best, just, just the most ambitious. <laughs> like, we are probably the most ambitious podcast. <laughs> That's our new slogan, definitely. But in all walks of your life, I can't fault you for ambition. <laughs> I definitely can't fault you for ambition. Execution, you yeah, can be Execution, for. attainment, yeah, delivery. <laughs> but well, not ambition. I always question Crick Info's article, like their writing. Why do we need to know that he's set up a company called SportsFit Enterprises PVT or whatever? Do you know what I mean? That's I not- don't know. That's one of the, fair enough, let's know what the gym's called. But. Yeah, I don't know. It's just too much information. Yeah. It? Here's my question. Will Doney be more successful at uh, running a gym than the apprentice candidates? That's a very good question and very topical. I've just realised that I've forgotten to, <laughs> I've forgotten to Skype plus this week's yeah, apprentice. I why your face dropped. Yeah. <laughs> it's, on, it's literally on in 10 minutes. <laughs> I'm not going to be home We won't time. make it back. Oh, man, that's, that's a nightmare. Well, anyway, yeah, hopefully Doney will be better than, uh, than what's his name? As are, uh, you know, maybe he'll make a better video than that. The vast majority of our listeners have got absolutely no idea what we're talking about <laughs> here, do they? You know what? I think that's about it for the World Cricket Show Let's, let's this hold week. something back for next week, you know. Let's leave something in the can. No, leave nothing on the field, Tony. Leave nothing on the studio. You the better studio. not be holding anything back. I'm holding a lot back. Leave absolutely nothing in the studio. You got any plans for this weekend? Get away this weekend. A little bit of uh, R&R. <laughs> You're going away with what seventeen other people (laughs) for a a mental weekend of banter. You're calling that R and R. It's going to be fun. You've you've elected not to come. I'm not coming. No, I'm not coming. It's a big, it's a big IPL match on. (laughs) (laughs) I'll probably just be at home, just you know, eating uh, eating a pizza, just like practicing a forward defensive in the mirror. Hardly anyone that I know is not going away (laughs) this weekend. It's me and a couple of other people. And one of them sent me a text today to say, oh, hey, you're not going away with everyone else. Do you fancy Game of Thrones this weekend? I And I replied, you know, oh, what, watching it? And he said no. And then I thought, is he talking about some kind of book club that he wants to have? But it turns out he wants to play the Game of Thrones board game. So no doubt I'll have some hilarious anecdotes <laughs> about the Game of Thrones board game for next week. I have I have played the Game of Thrones board game. Yeah, it's a real it's a real grower. I'm kind of looking forward to it. I'm going to go in character. I think I'm going to dress up as a uh, as Sean Bean. His you character, do, his character Sean in Bean Game of Thrones. Accent. Winter is coming. <laughs> oh, two. <laughs> <laughs> Our customers priority. Anyway, that's about it for this week. I'm off to watch The Apprentice. You're off. <laughs> We're not going to make it back in time to present, <laughs> but you've got it recorded, presumably. Yeah, it Can I come to yours and watch The Apprentice? No. We'll be back next week, but in the meantime, if you want to get more involved in the World Cricket Show, I came across this marvellous website the other day called Facebook, uh, which I was very impressed with. This Mark Zuckerberg fella does seem to be going places. And, uh, and we're on Facebook, facebook.com slash cricket show. You can click the like button there. Um, you can also follow us on Twitter. You can tweet right up in our faces at twitter.com slash cricket show I'll probably be tweeting about Game of Thrones all week when are you going to set up your Twitter account Tony you've been promising it for about two years well I'm and building suspense <laughs> the other day I said when are you going to set it up and you were like yeah I'll probably sort that out in May it's like it honestly takes what three minutes yeah, to no, set no, up no, a Twitter I'm build, account building suspense jeopardy will people, I won't I people literally are on the edge of their seats <laughs> at the moment because when it drops when it finally drops People are going to go mad. You can also send us an email at worldcricketshow at gmail.com. Get in touch if you'd like us to send you some free World Cricket Show stickers. And if we have sent you stickers, don't forget to put them up places and, you know, take some pictures and, uh, and post them to our Facebook page. And also, if you wouldn't mind uh, leaving us a review on iTunes, we do really appreciate all of those. You can just click the star rating if you like, but why not write a little something if you can't think of anything? 
Just give us a shout, you know. <laughs> we'll write something for you. Yeah, you just give us your iTunes login details, you know. <laughs> we'll go write something up. And we'll sort that out for you, so no excuse not to at this point. Anyway, that's all for this week. Stay in school, boys and girls, and we will see you soon. Goodbye for now. Hello, and welcome to the no, world... You just like, the, the levels just went... <laughs> that, that will happen, Blood, though, yeah, That will happen. That will happen. And, will happen. Okay. and welcome to the world... <laughs> <laughs> Why did you start from hello again? Because hello's recorded, hello's in the bag, you know, hello's in the can. Yeah. <laughs> and welcome to the world, creature. <laughs> uh, anyway, enough about us, I guess. No, not enough about <laughs> us at all. Yeah. Um, More about us? <laughs> no. So I'm, just, I'm just checking. You're just, just texting now, aren't you? I, I think that's one reason why people maybe at least have the perception that fast bowling is dying. Good point, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no applause there. <laughs> there. Um, big gulp of water from Vapor. Just off the record, I do actually, I'm, I'm very impressed with Newcastle this season. Wow, yeah, wow. I have enjoyed watching them. No, but it's, it's come tempered, good. It has come good. It's tempered by the fact that you support them, <laughs> which means I can only ever slightly enjoy them. I know yeah. I can't enjoy any of it. Okay. Good to catch the end of the football, actually. It's not... We've got a lot more to talk about. <laughs> You're not going to be catching any of the football. Unbelievable. We've been joined for this uh, on the phone by London correspondent Gordon McRae. How's it going, Gordon? Uh, uh, you see, I came in you too came soon. In too soon. Did it again. How's it going, Gordon? It's going good, Adam. How are you? Do it again because it, it was. You um, went crackly there. How's it going, Gordon? It's good, Adam. <laughs> it went crackly again. <laughs> classic, classic radio. Yeah. Um, <laughs> how's it going, Gordon? Good. Do you like <laughs> <laughs> so I've got no enthusiasm now. Great stuff. Brilliant. Good to have you on board. Good to have you join with us. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 